Hello, fellow fans. I'm Mark, and you know with me is my co-host, the Handy Brian. What up, Handy Brian? Man, I can't even think of a Handy Manny reference. Hey, everyone. <laughs> On the last episode, Brian and I discussed the Oscars. We gave you our predictions, who we'd vote for, some hot takes here and there. On this week's episode, Brian and I will be discussing the man, the myth, the legend, Paul Rudd. Join us now as United We Fan starts now. The truth is, I am Iron Man. I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. What is going on? What are you doing? To infinity and beyond! This is the way. The flux capacitor! Is Star Wars the one with the little wizard boy? Chewie, we're home. Avengers! Assemble. Ah, oh, chills. Literal chills. Hello, fellow fans. Thank you all for uniting with us as we talk about all things fandom. Please give us a rate or review wherever you listen so we can unite with more fans out there. Brian, I know you're excited to talk about the Paul Rudd, but we need to talk about in Mark and Brian's world news. It's been a little bit since we've done that. We need to do it. It has been a little while. Let's recap the Oscars first, because I think we did. Ugh. I think you, you, what you did is Ugh. you filled out your ballot with us here, and then Ugh. you filled out your other ballot and you talked yourself into other things. And if you did United, we fan Mark, you did pretty well. We said everything everywhere all at once was going to clean up and it did even more than we thought it would. I, okay, Brian. All right. You brought up the Oscars. I'm already fired up. Let's do a hot take. Here we <laughs> oh, go. Boy. Feeling I I am I am perfectly fine with everywhere everything everywhere all at once winning best picture director <sighs> Spielberg I'm so sorry I would have loved for you one um I didn't have any problems probably the only one was Jamie Lee Curtis um yeah that was that felt like a career achievement award. Yeah, she wasn't even the best supporting actress in the movie. So, but um, I think my hot take is, <laughs> you're going to laugh. My my hot take is best original score, all quite on the Western front. I was, uh, I, but here's the thing. Since we've listened to this, I I have now seen all 10 Oscar nominees for best picture. I've also listened to the scores, music nerd, um, and Babylon, good score. I'm glad it didn't win because I'm a huge La La Land fan. There was definitely some themes that sounded very La La Land-ish. All Quiet on the Western Front, the winner for best score, would not have gotten my vote. I probably actually would have put it at the bottom of the nominees. Boom. Just over and over. Yeah, boom. Um, everything... Everywhere all at once. The score is good for a film, um, but not great uh, as a soundtrack standalone. No, I I think John Williams should have won. They even um, teased John Williams like going into the break. I thought that was airmailing it, so I really thought yeah, he had it locked down. So my is hot take is the best scores. Honestly, I there's there was better scores last year. Like the woman king, um, just there were so many other nominees that I would have gone with. So John Williams, you should have won Oscars. There's my hot take for scores, but I am glad that you at least telecasted it 
unlike the previous year, meh. Is this when you just went completely negative on social media and you said all quiet on the Western front is going to win best picture. It's going to happen. And so, and I was reading the tea leaves. I could tell when you, when you just snapped emotionally. Oh my God. (laughs) When it started winning. So me and my friend Fidel, who has done artwork for us, check him out. We found, we haven't tagged in some of our artwork. Um, Him and I compete every year and we either tie or one of us wins by one. And this year he beat me by two. I had, it was one of my worst years ever. And all quiet on the Western front was one of those reasons why. And when it won best score, and then I was looking around the room going, no, no, please. No, don't do it. Oh my God. I, I did get on social media going, all right, well, I guess all quiet on the Western front is going to be best picture winner man. Crap. And then everything swung back to, Everything, everywhere, all at once, all yeah. at the same time. They won every acting award. Like that's insane. I, I'm happy for Jamie Lee Curtis because you could. I love it when someone who's honestly thrilled and um, appreciative that they won won, and she was. Uh, my vote just would have gone to Angela Bassett. So yeah, let's so let's go there. You and I both thought Angela Bassett was going to win. Um, what did you think of her reaction or lack thereof? Did it, did it bug you in any way? Uh, I mean, I think a lot of people got in her ear and told her she was going to win. She had a late surge. Um, a lot of steam going her way. People had it between her and Jamie Lee Curtis. And I saw a lot of people giving her the edge. Well, it was when Jamie Lee Curtis won the Screen Actors Guild Award, I believe, right? That was kind of her. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of her her late momentum. It seemed like Angela Bassett was the early and the late favorite. Right. Um, I, I thought she was going to win. I, I was a little bit disappointed in her lack of grace, for lack of a better term. Yeah. But then at the same time, like, I've, I've looked back on it since, and I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm honestly kind of okay with it. So, because she doesn't have an Oscar either, right? Like, no. So, I think this was her best chance since what the early '90s. So, I my thing is, she was I. I don't know if this is a hot take. Angela Bass was the best part of Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. I'm not hitting the button because I think that everybody would agree with that, but I certainly do. And um, Jamie Lee Curtis, like I said earlier, was not the best supporting actress in that movie. So I. I think of, I remember Eddie Murphy thought he was going to win for Dream Girls, and uh, I think Alan Arkin won for Little Miss Sunshine, and I agree with that vote. But Eddie Murphy was devastated. It was part of his like comeback, and but then he or not even no, it wasn't his comeback because he did Norbit, and he I remember it. He did Norbit, and everybody was like, oh, my God, that's what sank you. You did Norbit. What a horrible movie, and that's why you didn't win. So, And everyone brought up his reaction. Guys, like, some people, when they think they're, they're going to win an Oscar and they've been put in the work for a long time, I mean, yeah, there's losing with grace. Uh, Tom Brady could maybe learn a little bit about that. But, um, ooh, huh. um, but I, I didn't have an issue with it. Jamie Lee Curtis didn't have an issue with it so let's let's yeah okay i had a completely unrelated hot take but now i'm in on a movie hot take Feeling hot, hot, hot. 
I was thinking about Angela Bassett and what she should have won for, and the answer is 1993's What's Love Got to Do With It with Lawrence Fishburne. Since finding out when this movie was made, 1993, I have just since learned that they are remaking What's Love Got to Do With It, and it comes out on May 5th, and I am very, very upset about this. Why? Brian, I did not know about this this passion for this movie. I, have you seen What's Love Got to Do with It? Yeah. That movie's awesome. They're remaking it with Lily James, Emma oh. Emma Thompson, oh. in a London award-winning... Hang on. Hang on. I'm very upset about this. Because What's Love Got to Do with It is a great film, and it does not need to be redone in london an award-winning filmmaker documents her best friend's journey into an assisted marriage in line with his family's pakistani heritage in the process she challenges her own attitude towards relationships no thank you you all can't see my face right now but it's a um confused yeah uh uh-huh wait brian do you have the fact sheets in front of you who who else was nominated that year yes i do have it in front of me so the winner was holly hunter in the piano Love Holly Hunter. Never seen the piano. Um, Angela Bassett and what, what's love got to do with it? Emma Thompson, the remains of oh. the day. So there's our there's our thread right there. Emma Thompson's back. I didn't know Emma Thompson was at it that long. I don't know Wait, her. This I don't isn't know a her remake. that well. What's love got to do with it? Yeah, this isn't a remake. Well, then why has it got the same name? Uh, one has a question mark. One does not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> one's about tina turner oh yeah, one, or oh what the one 1993 has to do with tina turner okay you know i understand but okay it's not like a full-blown remake so pick a different name maybe it's not a remake but yeah you can see my confusion there's a there's a question mark missing there is a question mark missing <laughs> actually I've got one more hot take. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Uh, we all know The Fablemans was my favorite movie last year. I love The Fablemans. I don't think that's true. You didn't put it. Oh, no. Did you put it at number one in our New Year's countdown? You probably did. Yeah, I did. Anyway, I sorry. Did. Go I ahead. Did. I did. I did. Top Gun Maverick. Um, I, there, there, Michelle Williams is irritating me at times. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I think she went too dedicated to being the Fableman mom and just honestly, the, the scenes with her are the ones I enjoy the least. The ones with Sammy, the kid, the dad, even Seth Rogen. I, I dig all those scenes when Sammy's with his friends. I dig all that, of course, but his his Michelle Williams bugs me at times. Well, you already did say that on our Oscars one. I will see you and I will raise you Austin Butler as Elvis. <sighs> oh my God. You thought he was going to win. I second guessed myself and changed my answer to him. And I think that's when I really blew it. <laughs> I'm happy. Brendan Fraser won. <sighs> All right. Well, Overall, what would you give the Oscars as a grade this year? I I think I'm going to give it a I think I'm going to give it a a minus. I think for the most part they did a good job. Yeah, I'll go B plus A minus. I think I think Kimmel did a good job. It kept my attention. 
Oh, there were some jokes that fell hard, though. That's the point, though. Like, yeah. you want some of the jokes to just be horrendously awful. So I'm fine yeah. with it. Um, he addressed the elephant in the room multiple times. Yep. Um, and it, I mean, I think Kimmel did a good job. I think Kimmel usually does a good job on these shows, but I think he yeah. addressed the, the Chris Rock, Will Smith stuff. Fine. There was some funny stuff. It kept my attention mm-hmm. and they gave out every award on television. So yep. call it a win-win Oscars. We need a stunt coordinator Oscar, but I think I don't, I don't think I would have this opinion if everything everywhere all at once didn't dominate the night because I, I love that movie. So yeah. especially the two Daniels who are news, they're directing at least one episode of skeleton crew, the new star Wars show that is being run John Favreau and Dave Filoni and John Watts of Spider-Man homecoming trilogy fame. Um, but they're d- directing at least one episode, maybe multiple. So I'm excited about the Daniels in the star Wars universe. Um, but yeah, no, I think, that probably had as big of a thing with it. Cause I wanted that movie to clean up and it sure did. Brian, real quick Mandalorian just wrapped up uh, your overall impression of the latest season. It's not wrapped up. What are you talking about? Oh, is there more? Yeah, there was only, there's only been like five episodes. There's three to go. Oh, okay. Did you My think bad. that was the finale of the whole thing? Well, that way everybody was acting. I was like, oh, okay. I guess we're just going to leave off on a cliffhanger of who's the Mando that helped. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. No, 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 no. That's setting up for the rest of the season. I'm going to put on a, I'm going to put a receipt on tape right now that the Beskar, a Mandalorian didn't spring Moff Gideon. It was not a Mandalorian at all. It was Grand Admiral Thrawn, and he's framing the Mandalorians using the best car. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. And Zabarellios made his live action debut. He looked awesome. That show's awesome. There's still three episodes to go. So yeah. uh, I am all in on the my show. Bad. No surprise to anybody. Yeah, my bad. My bad. Um, Let's see. Uh, Well, we got some more movies. Do you want to talk movies? Or you want to talk some TV shows? What are you feeling? We can go back and forth. I want to talk TV shows. TV shows. Uh, shrinking just wrapped up, um, from the minds of Ted Lasso. And uh, I hate saying this when like a new movie or show comes out, but Brian, as of right now, shrinking is in my top 10 favorite shows of all time. Um, I laughed, I cried, I connected with the characters and I think this is, Oh, Brian, random Rushmore. The game where everything's made up and the points don't matter. Uh, For all you playing at home, Brian is really smart. I like to try to stump him or make him think, so I throw him a random Rushmore. Brian, it's not as random as it could be, but uh, Harrison Ford's top four performances. (sighs) Okay, so first and foremost, this is a peek behind the curtain. We recorded the Paul Rudd portion of this episode before we're recording this. It will be heard after this but there will be a few references to us talking about shrinking having not quite wrapped yet um so don't mind us we're gonna keep doing what we're doing it's Um, like us trying to explain a christopher nolan movie right now yeah exactly it's like dunkirk all over again um (laughs) I, i i saw dunkirk and the lady behind me going but we already saw that boat 
It had yeah. holes in it, <laughs> and yeah. she was not grasping the three days, one hour. Oh, yeah. Um, Brian, I just recently went back to watch Tenet, and I'm going. I I think I think Christopher Nolan was too smart for his own good with this one. I still do. I still do not like Tenet. I like Dunkirk. I like Dark Knight. Uh, I will see Oppenheimer. Will you see Oppenheimer? Heck yeah. Okay, cool. Um, okay, Harrison Ford performances. Uh, Han Solo, Indiana Jones. Uh, nope, you can't go that easy. The president from Air Force One. Get off my plane. Wait, which Han Solo performance is his best? Oh. Yeah. Uh Oh, 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 yeah. oh. Yeah, yeah, not that easy. Uh, It has to be. I actually go Return of the Jedi, I think. Ooh. Where he's like part of the actual rebellion and he's in charge um yeah. indiana jones i am sh i'm actually gonna go the last crusade because it's very convincing yeah. that sean connery is his dad even though they were like 12 years apart um they named the dog indiana um <laughs> then i will go i the scene in shrinking when his daughter yells at him and he has parkinson's <sighs> And how he acts that scene. Yep. It's yep. really good. It may be recency bias, but it's really good. Mark Valentine, you were just hearing this for the first time, but we're probably going to invite you on to discuss season one of Shrinking. So be ready. Um, I think I'm going to throw Shrinking in there um, yep. and then get off my plane, Air Force One. I'm going to go uh, Harrison Ford, Last Crusade. Good choice. And I will go Harrison Ford from Working Girl. I really enjoyed him in that. And then Shrinking. I if, I think he deserves all the acting awards he can for supporting performance for Shrinking. And then I'm going to go Han Solo, but I'm going to go Force Awakens. Mm, okay. I can see that. I, I think he was just really good as the, you know, former hotshot of the galaxy kind of still keeping trying to keep that flame alive and then his scene with general um general leia and um him and ben oh man oh getting chills so there's my harrison ford top four performances <sighs> so shrinking um i love it the writing is amazing i think what's going to hurt me is when it's nominated against Ted Lasso for best comedy series. Yeah. Do you like it more than Ted Lasso? You you called it in your top 10. You probably do, right? Ted Lasso is in my top five. Can I, Shrinking. I need to get back in here. I need to get back in here. The game where everything's made up and the points don't matter. Oh my God. I'm going to take away. Oh God. The president from air force one, yeah. because I can't remember his name. And I'm going to go with Dr. Richard Kimball from The Fugitive. I didn't kill my wife. I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. <laughs> Whatever happened to Tommy Lee Jones? He uh, thinks uh, movies today are stupid. Fair enough. Dark he does them for paychecks. President James Marshall from Air Force One. Mm, yes, yes. I'm surprised you didn't say uh, Six Days, Seven Nights. Should we do a Harrison Ford episode? Uh, Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that was easy. Shrinking. Ted Lasso. I like Ted Lasso more only yep. because I've spent a little more time with the character. Ted Lasso season three is as good as the show has ever been, which 
is surprising to me. I really, we spent almost two years away from these characters, so getting any new episodes feels like a breath, a breath of fresh air. But them having, that having overlap with shrinking, I almost wasn't ready for it. The good news was they released on separate days of the week, at least. Um, both very smart shows, a lot of the same people involved. Um, I, this is it for Ted Lasso, which kind of bums me out. Um, they could do a spinoff. I don't know if I want a spinoff. Like, what is Ted Lasso without Ted Lasso? Um, unless <laughs> the show's without called Friends. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Unless the show is called Roy Kenton, then I'm all in. <laughs> um, Shrinking. Who's your favorite character on Shrinking? Because I have an answer, and it's clear as day. And Ooh. Derek, Liz's oh. husband, he's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> I I love every. Well, see, I want to say I love every scene he's in, but D man, be the B man. <laughs> <laughs> I I definitely lost it every time he mentions how he pees on the um on back the deck balcony, <laughs> <laughs> just like how it's normal. Um, oh, man, great choice. I I want to say Harrison Ford, um, but man, your choice is great. I Ted Lasso. For everyone listening at home, Brian and I covered Ted Lasso season one and two. So if you want to hear our thoughts on those seasons, and we will definitely you, do a season three. Yes, we will definitely. Um, if we don't give us a red card, but I I promise you, we will definitely do some Ted Lassoing. But I shrinking. Watch it. It's on Apple. Um, highly, highly recommend it. Speaking of Ted Lasso, um, you said how well this season is doing. I agree with you. They're not repeating any kind of storylines or themes of the previous two seasons. So far, so good. I I don't think there's a weak episode yet. It's all just poopy. Let it flow. <laughs> do you have a favorite uh julia andrews character brian (laughs) (laughs) that julia andrews conversation is laugh out loud funny um roy kent for the win oh my gosh um who is my favorite julia andrews character it's probably sound of music Mm. mary poppins you know princess diaries she's really good i man Wait, have we been saying Julia Andrews this whole time? Who? I think we did. It's, <laughs> it's definitely Julie Andrews. It's just Julie. Just Julie. Who's that girl? We got in it's our own Julie heads. Andrews. Oh, you know what? I'm going to go with the Kraken in Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. God, everyone's going to hate me. Um. Oh, yeah, she was in Shrek as the mom. She yeah. was pretty good in that. Uh, I know I'm running long on this. I'm sorry, listeners. And if you know off the top of your head your favorite, like play along and comment. Um, I, oh, ooh, nope, I got it. Oh, man, this is gonna upset probably a lot of people. Um, I really liked her in Alfred Hitchcock's Torn Curtain, but I also really love Alfred Hitchcock. Take your word for it. Yeah. Now, if now, you know, I feel like I'm just saying that um, to sound like a a knowledgeable film person. I'm definitely going to go Princess Diaries one. 
Sorry, Roy, I know you don't like all this musical theater talk this early in the morning. No, I'll allow it. I used to fancy Julie Andrews. Well, I still do, to be fair. The voice, the eyes, the way you know she'd tell you off if you'd been bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, we gotta do it. All-time favorite Julie Andrews character, go. Maria. Resolute as always, coach, what do you got? Eliza Doolittle. Ooh, audio-only performance, I love that. Professor Higgins. Come on, you poppins. Mm, same, I'm right there with you. Trent, do you have one? You don't have to, you got one? Clarice Rinaldi, Queen of Genovia. Mm. Princess Diaries. Deep cut. Huh, should say it like Roy Kent. Princess Diaries. No, what, I don't even know what accent that was. We're not going to do was, Roy Kent impressions, that except was for Batman. to go. Mm. That was Batman. I'm Batman. You sound like Cookie Monster. I'm Batman. That's Batman. Candy corn looks like tiny traffic cones. Yeah, it sure does. And like a candy traffic school. Like a little gingerbread man at the wheel. And he's drunk. Look out. Be driving. Yeah. But you keep wanting to eat yourself. All day. That's one of my biggest fears. What is? If I ever, like, woke up as a donut. You would eat yourself. I wouldn't even question it. Mm, That'd be tasty. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen it, the most recent clip of Brett Goldstein, Roy Kent on Sesame Street? Yes. The one from last year where he's like, "Oh, I love the letter F." It's so funny. But <laughs> but this week this week was just as funny where Elmo was dressed up like Ted Lasso. It was so funny and Grover was like, "He's here. He's there. He's everywhere." I think if Sesame Street doesn't capitalize on that and you know he would do it. He loves Muppets and Sesame Street. I think if you don't somehow capitalize on him and his love for it and make it a regular thing, I think you might be missing an opportunity. I think they kind of are. I just think he's so busy. True. If you haven't seen it, find his, his own one man rendition of a Muppet Christmas Carol on YouTube. It's laugh out loud. Funny. There goes Mr. Humbug. There goes Mr. Scrooge. All right. We like Ted Lasso season three. Watch it on Apple. Same as shrinking. Um, Let's see. Let's hop back into the movie world. Um, John Wick 4. Just John Wick 4. They didn't even give it like a cool name. Like Antebellum. Chapter 4. Chapter. Oh, chapter 4. There we go. We're classy. Um. Highly recommend it. Lots of good action. Shows why there should be an, a uh, stunt Oscar. The series is great. Didn't have a weak entry. Didn't repeat anything. Good for them for making a fourth one that's just strong as the third one, just strong as the second one, just strong as the first one. So um, I will honestly say it is easily one of the 10 best action franchises out there. I have not seen Chapter 4 yet. I will get to it. Uh, let's see what else we got out there. Dungeons and Dragons. Shouldn't there be a board or some pieces or something to Jenga? No, no. This is a role-playing game. It takes place entirely in our collective imagination. Ooh, Neil. I tell the story and you make choices in the story. Okay. Let's begin. You were all standing on a country road. Legend has it the evil dragon Draconis dwells nearby guarding a massive pile of treasure. Working as a team, your goal is to track down the dragon, kill him, and then claim the treasure as your own. That just came out. I saw it opening day. Um, I'm not a huge D&D fan. I've only played it um, twice. Not even in this country. That was weird when I realized that. Um, and I know some D&D nerds um, 
were giggling in the audience. I did catch a reference. Frankie, a listener of the show, Frankie pointed it out to me that um, in the maze, some of the characters dressed like the 80s cartoon show. And I was like, oh, yeah, I did think that. Okay. So I caught that one. Yay me. But um, Dungeons & Dragons. We haven't really had a good fantasy movie in a long time. It's good. So good. Uh, There's even good jump scares in it. That surprised me. And IMDb has it like as an action adventure fantasy. It's hilarious. They need to add comedy to its description. There are several laugh out loud moments and a hilarious cameo that I I didn't know was going to happen. So it's always great. You know, Marvel is kind of ruining their cameo. So it was great to have a cameo that wasn't ruined. Speaking of ruining cameos, how about when we saw Wonder Woman in the Shazam trailer, like right before Shazam came out? Um, I want to talk Shazam Fury of the Gods after this. Um, I saw the trailer for Dungeons and Dragons precisely one time. I was worried about the tone of the film going, I don't think they know what they want to go for. And it sounds like that's kind of the case, but they were able to weave it together and make it work. I... I think they knew what they wanted to be a fantasy action adventure comedy and nailed it. What's the most comparable movie to it? If you're talking action adventure comedy like that. Stardust. Okay. Good old Charlie Cox. Love Stardust. If you haven't seen Stardust, watch it. I have not seen D&D. I will go see it. Yay. All right. So you brought up Shazam. Um, My quick thought, hey, at least it was better than Black Adam and Wonder Woman 84. Man, I really hate Brian looking back hindsight. I I gave our Black Adam episode. I was too kind to Black Adam. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, it was good to be back. We'd been off United We Fan for a few months in between there. So uh, I think Black Adam was not as bad as it should have been or as we expected it to be. Therefore we were kinder to it. I don't know what's uh, going on with Shazam. I, I can see this, this movie has plenty of flaws. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but if you like the first Shazam, I think you'll at least be entertained by this one. It's not yeah. near as good as the first one. Don't get me wrong. That's my favorite DC film, but this one was fun. Like it pulls a few okie dokes with the characters that you didn't see coming. And, it was fun. I, 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 it's not perfect. Don't, yeah. don't say I am calling it perfect, but I liked it. I actually liked it and I will fully admit it, but it is doing very bad. Financially. I, I liked it, but you can tell this is kind of the ending. It, I mean, it's not as bad as when Fox was cycling out all their movies, X-Men dark Phoenix. And you could just tell they were, all right, let's, let's end this, you know, it's not that bad. They definitely gave it their all, but um, I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. Can we, are we allowed to give like mild spoiler warning here? Yeah. I feel spoiler like the warning I'm... for Shazam spoilers. Um, Shazam Zachary Levi as part of the justice society. I'm in, I thought doing the whole peacemaker group, I think if you pull Zachary Levi into this world, he will be fun. I think James Gunn knows what he's doing. I'm actually, how many times have I said I'm kind of excited about the future of DC? I'm really excited about the future of DC with James Gunn in charge. 
We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Peacemaker, I love Peacemaker. That show was incredible. So, I have a visitor. For everyone listening at home, can you, Dad Brian can is you in please, full swing right now. Okay, can you go that way and close the door? <gasps> Thank you. Bye. Bye. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Peacemaker was incredible. I loved Peacemaker. So if the DC's more like that, obviously not everything can be that R-rated and mature. But the Justice Society wishes am. But is Wonder Woman done? Like is Gal Gadot done? Like I don't understand the the it thought was, process. And then putting it in the trailer was even worse. It was so painful that we knew she wasn't there. You could tell she was not filming with them. I it hurt. <laughs> um I I I love that it's the Justice Society. Um but then hearing more about how the rock just sunk so much. Um I I think there's definitely some uh, backlash to the rock who for the longest time couldn't do anything wrong and everyone loved the rock but Can you uh, can you share details for people who may not know what you're talking about? Uh, let's see. The Rock tried to take over the DC future and all that. Um, the hierarchy of the DC universe has changed. Yeah. Uh, misled Henry Cavill. Um, didn't work out for him. Um, the Rock turned down Shazam being in Black Adam. And then The Rock said no to being in Shazam 2. Um, the Rock wanted Black Adam to be the future like I guess there's no other way to put it, the future Iron Man of um, the DC universe. So to be the focal point. And uh, that didn't work out. Instead, we got a Black Adam movie where... Um, the kid is really annoying. A kid is on a skateboard with a cape, and we're supposed to take the shot seriously, and people are falling behind him. And then in the world of other entertainment news, there's some stuff going on with Jonathan Majors. Um, we've said on many times on this episode, especially me, how much I love him. Um, there's some fairly troubling uh, details out there. Still a lot, very alleged, nothing proven, um, innocent until proven guilty. Um, but we do want to say that uh, we don't want to ignore it. Um, we love Jonathan Majors here, so hearing this is is disturbing, and we just want to make sure that everything is is handled correctly. Let's put it that way. Uh, here's hoping we get more information so we can get it cleared up. Um, from a entertainment perspective, when he's on the screen, it's great. But here's hoping Jonathan Majors, the person, doesn't. Um, Take that gift away from us, especially it, you know, he was riding high with Creed three and Ant-Man and the Wasp and his future. Yeah. So, but we'll wait and hear more and hopefully not be disappointed. Let's talk about Paul Rudd. Hold on. Hold on. Brian, um, your Paul Rudd's uh, love. I feel like it's very strong. So are you excited for this episode? I am very excited for this episode. I we wanted to do this before Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania came out, but we didn't really get the chance to do that. So we get to reflect on none of that film probably for this entire podcast. <laughs> I was gonna say, man, before Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania, 
lots and lots of love for Paul Rudd. Post movie, people still love Paul Rudd, but that movie isn't high on a lot of people's lists. So it's kind of fun how that. Are you going to read that book, the Paul Rudd book? Oh yeah. Or Am- I yeah. well, I mean, I don't do a ton of reading. I hope there's an audiobook version of him reading it. That's what I'm banking on. Yeah, that'll be good. That'll be good. All right. Look out for the little guy, written by Scott Lang. Which comes out, I think it's September, I believe, is when that's going to hit bookstores. Yeah, I I thought I saw it was this fall. So Yeah, I think it's September 25th or something like that. Man, what if we got a movie adaptation based on it? Or a TV show on Disney Plus adaptation of it? Hmm. I feel like we kind of did. It's called Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and Ant-Man and the Wasp. Touche, touche, touche. Game and Civil War and so on and so forth. Those other movies on this episode, we're going to give you our Mount Rushmore uh, Paul Rudd performances, as well as, of course, talking about other Paul Rudd films, TV shows, roles that we enjoy. Brian, I mean, did did Marvel make your Paul Rudd Mount Rushmore? So I looked at my Paul Rudd Mount Rushmore a little bit differently. We were talking about doing performances, so I actually just took my four favorite characters that mm. Paul Rudd portrays. That's okay. what I went with. So Scott Lang is one. Absolutely. If I had to break it down by film or, or actual like show or whatever, I still, I feel like Avengers Endgame and Ant-Man one would probably both make it, but I went with Scott Lang. Then I went with number two when he was Bobby Newport on Parks and Recreation. We've discussed that many times on here. I'm an American. My father is an American. My mother is an American. My godfather is the viceroy of the Principality of Liechtenstein. Bobby Newport's never had a real job in his life. So good. So um, good. My third performance, I'm going to go with Brian Fantana as <laughs> the weatherman on Anchorman. And to watch. The mood is tense. I have been on some serious, serious reports, but nothing quite like this. I, 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 uh, Ching King is inside right now. I tried to get an interview with him, but they said, nope, you can't do that. He's a live bear. He will literally rip your face off. Hey, you're making me look stupid. Get out here, panda jerk. Great story. Compelling and rich. And my fourth one, I'm going to go a little bit off the board here because I genuinely believe it to be such a great performance, but it made me so uncomfortable that I never even finished the show. And that was him as Dr. Ike in the shrink next door on Uh, Apple TV. I, so for all you listeners, Brian, Brian has a high batting average with recommending shows to me. Speaking of Um, therapists, watch shrinking on Apple TV people. Yes. Uh, Brian recommended that to me. I love that show. I I don't know if this is a hot take, but Harrison Ford on that show, that is one of his top, that's on his Mount Rushmore performances. He's brilliant in that show. Yeah, we need to talk about shrinking. Maybe when season one's over, which is like next week, uh, we need to talk about shrinking. That show, that show's incredible. Like, I would love to do an entire United We Fan episode on shrinking. It's awesome. Harrison Ford is so good in it. Jason Siegel's amazing. And it's written by Brett Goldstein, man. Roy Kemp. Yep. 
Um, but yeah, watch Shrinking. But The Shrink Next Door with Will Ferrell and Ugh. and Paul Rudd, so uncomfortable. Like, so uncomfortable. But it's such a good performance from Paul Rudd. I, I really like it. I, I kind of, I think I considered that, what was it, Living With Yourself, that Netflix one where he had like a clone of himself. Yeah. But ultimately, that show has made no impact on my life whatsoever, so no. I couldn't really include it. I hope that his character on Only Murders in the Building of Ben Glenroy is going to make the list. Um, and let's <laughs> go all the way back to... No, no, no. I screwed up, Mark. His fourth performance is Crap Bag on Friends. All right, then I'm going to change my name. Great! Okay, what are you going to change it to? Crap Bag. <laughs> Mike Crap Bag? No. No, Mike. No, just just crap bag. First name crap, last name bag. Please check out our friends episode if you have uh, if you want to hear more on that. <laughs> so I was all over the board, but I'm going to go with Scott Lang, Bobby Newport, Brian Fantana, and Mike from Friends. Yep. Uh, for me, I'm going clueless. I know. I know. As if. I'm I'm going clueless. It's we still all talk about him. He's. I don't, I don't have to defend it. It's clueless. Um, another shout out for wet, hot American summer. I'm going to go with him in that show. They, I, there's a couple movies to check that out. If you haven't the first Ant-Man, I think his performance in that was really good. I enjoyed it. Ant-Man, and, one. Ant-Man one is so good. Yeah, it's so good. Um, The next up for me, it came down to, Friends, Anchorman, and Parks and Rec, but I think he's so good in Anchorman when he's talking about the um what what's the perfume? Um Sex Panther. No. She gets a special cologne. It's called Sex Panther by Odeon. It's illegal in nine countries. Yep. It's made with bits of real Panther. So you know it's good. It's quite pungent. Oh yeah. It's a formidable scent. (laughs) Stings the nostrils. In a good way. Yeah. Brian, I'm going to be honest with you. That smells like pure gasoline. They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. So I think I'm going to go Clueless with Hot American Summer, Ant-Man, and Anchorman. But he's doing really well as far as TV goes. Paul, Paul can do it all. So... I think we just listed a whole bunch, including friends. Who do you think um, is who do you think's a busier person in Hollywood right now? Who do you think has the more full calendar? Paul Rudd or Pedro Pascal? Because we need to do his episode soon. Yeah. Are you watching The uh, Last of Us? I am. Um, I think Pedro Pascal is a little busier just because he's got the Star Wars fans in love with him. And Disney World just brought that character to its park on Limited Time Magic. He's got The Last of Us blowing up on HBO. And people are using his... I was say, now he's TikTok famous from that scene yep. in, in The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. What took people so long to come on to that scene? Dude, that movie I was, know. It was in my top yep. five films of 2022, just saying. Yep. Love Good call. Movie. He's there... Um, people are even bringing up his performances in Buffy. Um, so I, I, I'm going to go with Pedro Pascal and Game of Thrones. They're both busy. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. No doubt there. So, you know, clueless is where we got to see nineties, Paul Rudd, um, friends, 
Frenzy's really good. I he did just come out with a line where he said, I don't really know why I was in the series finale episode. I was kind of standing there while they were acting and I'm just going, Why am I here? There was so, a there was a, a thing I read recently that Paul Rudd was like supposed to be kind of a one and done thing, and then everybody loved having him on set so much that they kind of wrote him into Fee- to be uh, Phoebe's husband. I would buy yeah. that. He feels like, other than the fact that he's a Chiefs fan, we'd get along pretty well. <laughs> There's that. Um, I forgot he was in the Boz Lorman Ro- uh, Romeo and Juliet. Um, I just rewatched that because I think it was suggested. I forgot he was in that. God, that movie is dated, but in a good way. I am all over the board today, but this is like old United We Fan. Speaking of Baz Luhrmann's uh, Romeo and Juliet, it is in Jonathan Major's Mount Rushmore of films. Do you know any of Jonathan Major's other Mount Rushmore of films? No. One of them? I can't remember the other two. So it's Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. Another one is Homeward Bound. Oh, I did know this because he was being interviewed and someone was talking to him about how. um, Oh, yeah. The dead golden retriever. And he like. Yeah. Yeah. I did see that interview. Jonathan Majors is a a big guy. Seeing him get emotional about that. Like, woo. One of Jonathan Majors' four favorite films of all time is Homeward Bound, which I tried to watch with my children and couldn't even finish it. They didn't like it or you didn't like it. It did not age well for me Ooh, and the wow. kids and the kids could not get into it. Oh, it, it was it was tough. It was tough. I think one of my earlier introductions to Paul Rudd was Clueless and then a movie he did with Reese Witherspoon called Overnight Delivery. Um, I know. I know. I, if anyone has seen that, please let me know if I will be very surprised. So those were my introductions. And then that's shortly after that's kind of when he got brought into like the Judd Apatow, like 40 year old virgin forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um, those films, this is 40 from that kind of area almost made my list. I thought he was really good in that movie. Yeah. I think it was Adam McKay, right? He used them in Anchorman, and then Adam McKay and Judd Apatow know each other pretty well. So I think that's kind of where he then took off on that 40 year old virgin and, and all that kind of, all those kind of roles, I, but I liked him in uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall. I barely <laughs> remember the, him in that film. He's the like surf instructor. Oh yeah. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Hey, are you uh, are you Chuck? Oh man. You know, they won't change that flyer. That's my mainland name. My Hawaiian name is Kunu. Oh, cool. Sorry. Yeah. Nah, it's all good. Does Kunu have some like cool Hawaiian meaning? It means Chuck. I plugged it into a database. There's a thing you can go on on the internet. You just type in your name, and it, and it just says it. What's your name? I'm Peter. Peter? Yeah. I'm going to give you a Hawaiian name. Oh, great. Uh Shout out. I will give one shout out to a Paul Rudd movie if you want to see him do a serious one. Um, I, I know I've mentioned it before. The Catcher Was a Spy. Uh, it's about a... Boston Red Sox player that I think it was the CIA used as a spy based on true story. So check it out, but it's Paul Rudd uh, trying to do a more serious, heavy role. So check it out. Yeah. I think we discussed that in our baseball episode and I still haven't seen it. 
It's fine. It's fine. Nobody has. I'm just going to keep shouting out Paul Rudd movies. You're going to be like, he did other movies? <laughs> He's been around forever, man. He just pops up in everything. He he also plays himself in like seven different movies. Like he played just Paul Rudd in Chippendale Rescue Rangers and... He just pops up as Paul Rudd and things because he's just kind of that new guy where people just love to have him around. Brian, I I really wanted to like the Chippendale movie, but it just still has not gotten there with me. The other one I was thinking of is he just shows up as Paul Rudd and this is the end. Uh, you are very wrong on Chippendale Rescue Rangers. That movie's incredible. You know, originally it was called Aunt Man, A-U-N-T, and my superpower was being really charming to aunts. <laughs> That's great, isn't it? Uh, what'd you think of him in Ghostbusters Afterlife? Oh, he's really good. He's really good. I like I like him a lot in that movie. Uh, and we both like that movie. Um, that, yeah. that was a good one. I think he's really fun. He feels like he's kind of the go-to guy for all those nostalgia roles. He's also going to be in the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie as a voice actor of some sort. Did you see that trailer? I did. Like Shout out to the them. I think it looks really good. Yeah, um, it, it looks like they took Spider-Verse and said, let's do that, but with Ninja Turtles instead. It looks it looks like it's going to be fun. I do like the one scene where um, the thugs are going, what are they? I don't know. They look like four smaller Shreks. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, it, it has. I don't I didn't know anything about this film, but it looks it looks kind of fun. He's playing a character Mondo Gecko and Jackie Chan is Master Splinter. Perfect casting. I could do a Jackie Chan episode, I think. Oh, yeah. It would just be a Rush Hour episode for me. I, I know. I was going to say, you're just going to do Rush Hour. No, no, no. Gonna, also, Shanghai Noon. I was going to say, I'm going to try to get you to watch Shanghai Noon and Nights if you haven't. Oh, Shanghai Noon. I like. I, pre- I much prefer Shanghai Noon over Shanghai Nights. Yeah. God, did you ever... We're getting so off topic. I'm so sorry. No, Paul, right? it's like Old United We Fan. I love it. But I need to ask, did you ever see the tuxedo with Jackie Chan and Jennifer Love Hewitt? No, I don't think so. If I did, I don't remember. I remember some of it, but I I haven't seen it, I don't think. I mean, you're not missing anything, but... uh, Paul Rudd, do you ever think he'll win an award? Is he ever going to be that kind of actor to you? I feel like... Well, he's already, what, 50-something now. I feel like in... I feel like an Emmy comes before an Academy Award comes. Yeah. I I think a Golden Globe comes the... Before either of them, you know what? Imagine I'm going to say Paul Rudd this. won an EGOT because of his audiobook reading of. That's just it. Little guy. I was going to say he's going to win a Grammy for his audiobook. Yes, that'll be his. I think that'll be his first. Yeah that oh. that that would make a lot of sense. I would love him to win an EGOT. Uh, I feel like an Emmy would come before an Academy Award. Yeah, but I don't know. I could see him doing something on Broadway where he somehow wins a Tony. I think he's going to be. Oh yeah, he would be good on stage. I I would love to see him. Maybe a, a remake of The Odd Couple. That would be good. I I throw him in some Neil Simon. Uh, do you think? Do you think we need to get him a more team up movies with other comedic actors? Like, do you think we should get him in an Adam Sandler movie? He did really well with Will Ferrell a lot. I say that. Uh, he's really, I, I think he's really funny in the 40 year old virgin. Um, but I think dinner for schmucks with him and Steve Carell is one of the worst films I've ever seen. God, I, I have walked out of a movie. I can count on one hand how many times I've walked out of a film. Yeah. 
And Dinner for Schmucks is on that list. It was not good. I've never revisited it. it. I just didn't get it. So I would say him and Steve Carell feels like a match made in heaven. But I feel like him as not being the main part of the show, him as Scott Lang in Avengers Endgame where he's he's not the main attraction, that's where he shines the most. So to answer your question, yes. I One movie of his that's growing on me over time is Role Models. <laughs> um, I... I I just threw it on. I think I was wondering what happened to Sean William Scott. And I threw on role models. And I still laugh pretty hard at that movie. Let's just remake Evolution with Sean William Scott and just throw Paul Rudd in there somewhere. He could be David Duchovny's character. Man, should we do an alien episode and definitely talk about Evolution? As long as Evolution is included, I'm good. Whatever happened to Orlando Jones? Him and Sean William Scott must be hanging out together. Uh, I mean, he did Drumline, which he was really good in. I think he that did. was after. I think that was before Evolution, though. Was it? He did the Cirque du Freak in like a smaller role. I know he's done other stuff. He he's still around, but I mean, good for him. He went from the Seven Up guy to that to actual performances so good for him no you were right evolution 2000 evolution 2001 yeah drumline 2002 replacements was 2000 so he man he was hot but he is in abbott elementary oh yeah that's that's the last i did see him in that recently yeah oh i missed this i know paul rudd two anchorman movies i don't i don't want a third oh i didn't i didn't really love the second one either so, uh, but you know, my love for the first one, um, but we've talked about him in parks and rec. Yep. Um, man, what else is Paul Rudd's just a, just a brilliant man. And like I said, it seems like he'd be a fun hang. Paul, if you're listening, please come on the show. And we don't, we don't even have to talk about Paul Rudd. If you don't want to talk about Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd. Yeah. We could talk no. about anything you want to talk about. What do you think the three things Paul Rudd would talk about would be? Unfortunately, the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, um, okay. So you guys could talk some football. We could talk about facial hair because I know at one point he had a great big bushy beard. And I would love to talk to him about um, facial hair Paul Rudd versus non-facial Paul, Paul Rudd. The struggles of always looking ageless and then growing a beard and then looking like father time. I would also want to know if he still thinks the name of Thor's hammer is Jonathan. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. If you had to rank performances, Friends versus Parks and Rec, Paul Rudd. Oh, Parks, and, Parks and Rec, Paul Rudd is my favorite television performance uh, <laughs> by, by a lot. Leslie, can you just let me win? Come <laughs> me on. A- come on. The reason why Bobby and I are appearing together is to send the message that everyone should get out and vote, no matter who they're voting for. That's right. Another awesome point by Leslie. That's why I'm voting for you. <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny? You're laughing at your joke. What joke? I am voting for you. You're not voting for yourself? Leslie, you can't vote for yourself, I don't think. I'm pretty sure that's illegal. I, yeah, no, he's, he's just brilliant, man. Like, he just, he knows how to read a room. I think if if we were able to talk to him, I would love to get his Mount Rushmore of of funny people because he he honestly I think he gives a lot of people credit, but I would love to see like what he grew up on, like who he thinks the greatest actors in Saturday Night Live history are. Like I think he's a real student of comedy 
and he just he just gets it. He 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 lives in the self-deprecation world, but he also knows how I mean he won sexiest man alive. Like we know like he knows who he is, and I think that's my favorite part about him. He's very comfortable in his own skin. Right. That's why I'm excited for him on Only Murders in the Building with Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez. I think that's going to be brilliant. Um, personally, I'm a huge Mel Brooks fan. I think Paul Rudd would have been brilliant in um, Mel Brooks movies. Is he in and, History of the World Part 2? I feel like everybody and their mom is, but I don't think he's in it, which is kind of a surprise omission. Hmm. My last thing that I'm wondering about Paul Rudd, has he ever worked with Jack Black? Yeah. In he's what? had to, right? I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I can't think of, I would love to see a Jack Black, Paul Rudd, feature because i don't think jack black was he involved in year one i don't think he was oh god why would you bring up year one that movie's awesome uh year one is awesome in all the wrong ways um but paul rudd was in that movie um i don't does has he ever done anything with jack black it feels like those two are a match made in heaven and nothing comes to mind so i wonder if there's a beef there that's what I would ask Paul Rudd. Maybe they just haven't found a project that they could do together. Um, I'm looking through the world of IMDb to see if I can maybe see anything. No, it's not looking. Oh, God. Wonderlust. Oof. Oh, God. Our idiot brother. Man, I'm looking through the Paul Rudd's not so great ones. Have you seen the perks of being a wallflower? I have, and I've read the book. Any good? Uh, good movie. It's something different for him. So if you're looking for something different, but it is uh, on the heavier side of teen movies. So, oh God, you're one. Dinner for schmucks. Oh, I love you, man. At first, when I saw that one, did not like it. It's okay now, but. Ugh. This is 40 is better than I love you, man, right? Yes. I had somebody try to argue those two with me, and it was like, it, in my head, it's not even a debate. No. But I do, think, I do think Knocked Up's better than both of them. Uh, yeah. Knocked Up is good. Um, but This Is 40 was, you know, the sequel where we actually got to see Paul Rudd. But I think it brought up a lot of, as someone who is getting closer to that age, I'm starting to appreciate just different aspects of it more. <laughs> Uh, this is 40 or 40 year old virgin. I think 40 year old virgin is better than knocked up too. So I guess in that vein of things, it goes 40 year old virgin, then knocked up. Then this is 40. Then I love you, man. That would be a fun episode. We each pick Judd a Apatow films. Of course, heavyweights is at the top. Oh, heavyweights. I was thinking we do an episode where we pick a number. And we have to pick our favorite movie with that number in it. That could be fun. But there are a lot of number two. I know. Uh, Walk hard. The Dewey Cox story. Paul Rudd <laughs> plays John Lennon. I forgot about that rule. <laughs> Brian, am I remembering correctly? You like that movie. Walk hard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, what What about that movie? Wouldn't I like Mark? That is right up my alley. Only through meditation can we begin to understand our role. We're nothing but grains of sand. 
That was freaking transcendental, Paul McCartney. Don't you agree, John Lennon? Yes, Dewey Cox. With meditation, there's no limit to what we can imagine. That movie's oh, hilarious. Yeah. It's Is not it? as it's not as good as uh never what was the the Andy Samberg one, the pop star is pop star. Oh, never stopped. What? Never quit. What is it? I don't know, but you and I are not on the same page when it comes to these. Right pop now. star. Never stop. Never stopping. Mm. <laughs> yeah. No, Dewey Cox. Come on, man. Mm. So no. funny. I I'll try watching it again, but God, I think it was you and piano. Rob talked about it and I just, Peek behind the curtain. Today is Piano Rob's birthday. Rob, I'm gonna watch Walk Hard in your honor. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch Rocket Man in his honor. Paul Rudd, uh, is he the kind of actor for you that you don't need to know too much about the movie if you just see his name, you're there? I don't think so, honestly. Oh. I hate Dinner for Schmucks a lot. Uh, I feel like with a TV show, I will give it a chance just based on him, but I think a movie takes a little bit more effort for me to like go to the theater. If it's just like Netflix, sure, I'll check in. Uh, I remember watching this movie. It was from the late 90s called The Object of My Affection, and it's with Jennifer Aniston. And I remember enjoying it when I was younger, but then I rewatched it. It is dated. Woo. Dated. Oh, God, Brian. Oh, my gosh. Last week, we talked about Michelle Williams being in a Halloween movie. Paul Rudd was in a Halloween movie. Which one? Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, 1995. That, I was going to say, Sitting is that one of the a, Rob Zombie ones? No, 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 no. God, no. Jesus Christ. I don't know. I don't know the Halloween movies very well. <sighs> Friends, Brian is a challenge when it comes to Halloween season episodes because of that. Horror movies. Oof. No, this, I mean, granted, this one, you're not missing anything. It's sitting at a 4.7 on IMDb. You ready for the summary? <clears throat> All right. Summary voice. Here we go. Six years after Michael Myers last ter- <laughs> terrorized Haddon Field, he returns there in pursuit of his niece, Jamie Lloyd, who has escaped with her newborn child. Count me in. Really? No. Okay. I was like, what? I actually got into the new Halloween trilogy, and then Halloween ends sucked. Really bad. It didn't really make bad. any sense. It, it hurt. Hurt to watch. I think we've reached the end of my Paul Rudness. Yeah. I think I'm ready to sign off before we start rambling about other stuff. Too late. Well, that concludes this episode. We thank you, fellow fans, for uniting with us. For those listeners who want to get in touch with the show, please do so. Brian, tell our listeners how they can message the show and stay up to date on everything UWF. You can find us on Instagram. And please let us know on Instagram if you enjoyed this return to original United We Fan form where we just kind of talk and look at IMDb. If you hated it, also please let us know on Instagram at UnitedWeFan underscore podcast 
or you can shoot us an email at unitedwefanpodcast at gmail.com or on Facebook at United We Fan the Podcast. Yeah, and if you did hate it, make sure you share on social media, on Instagram and Facebook that you hated the show, but make sure you tag us in it, letting everyone know that you hated the show, that they should listen to it so that they can understand why you hated the show. And so. leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Leave five stars because we won't read the other ones. But then you can say whatever you want in your review. Yeah, that's just it. If you leave us a five-star review, then we'll know to make sure to read your review so we know that you hated it. If you leave a one-star, we'll never get to see your words of encouragement. So it's what's best for you. What would Paul Rudd do? WWPRD. I don't know if that's going to catch on. It might. It Thank might. you again, and listen to us where you check out your podcast. Till we not again, fans, never forget what Paul Rudd always says. Never forget your orange slices. Us. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me.